Welcome to Living a Better Life podcast with your host, Madeline Golick. This is a weekly podcast exploring a variety of topics on how you can live a better life, not just physically, but in all aspects of what it means to be human living in a modern world. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not replace professional or medical advice. This podcast is sponsored by Ecophysiotherapy, where their mission is to educate, empower, and rehabilitate you back to health. Without further ado, please enjoy the show. Welcome back to our wonderful listeners. So in today's episode, we will be talking about H. pylori, which is a bacteria that can wreak havoc in your body. And we're going to learn what we can, some things that we can do about it. My guest today um, is a returning guest. Linda, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Okay, so I figure we'll just do a really quick um, intro because not everybody would have listened to your podcast about food and inflammation, which I encourage everybody to go back and do that. But let's just do a brief intro. Tell us a little bit about who you are and then we'll dive into the topic. Sure. So my name is uh, Linda Lukovic and I actually got into the area of health from my own health struggles. So in my 20s, I had all sorts of issues, and a lot of those were digestive in nature. And that's actually why this topic is of interest to me, because I did personally suffer from H. pylori. And it took quite a few years to really figure it out. And I wasn't really getting answers right away. Um, And it was was actually just one piece of a larger puzzle, which, um, which impacted my health. And, um, and basically, this journey with my own health issues got me very passionate about alternative ways of looking at health, not just sort of going mainstream, um, because I found that although the mainstream system worked on, a, on a, some levels, I found that I, get my, I got my best results when I started to look a little bit more broadly at mind, body, spirit health and addressing my health issues that way. So now I'm just really passionate about teaching others because... I, I truly want to help people and I want to help people save time and money um, by getting answers faster. That is wonderful. Everybody wants to save time and money. And certainly, yeah. um, you know, we want to have long-term standing strategies. Um, well, in relation to this particular bacteria, I think yeah. it, there's long-term strategies that we need to use. Um mm-hmm in order to keep, you know, keep things healthy and functioning properly. So I figure maybe the best place for us to start is, um, you know, what is H. pylori? Because people may have symptoms, and I'll certainly describe my own because I'm also a sufferer. Um, But let's let's just talk about what it is. Sure. Yeah, so it it is a bacteria, and uh, it's sort of like a a spiral-shaped bacteria. And it's, um, it can be, people can be infected by it without even knowing. And what I found that was really interesting when I started diving into the topic of H. pylori is that it's very common, common enough that the CDC has found that 66% of the population actually has it. But that's, that's, the, that's the weird thing. Some people have it, but don't even know about it. But then some people experience really bad, uncomfortable symptoms. And Definitely my symptoms triggered me into the fact that I had it. Um, and I'm sure you had your set of symptoms, but for me, 
um, I noticed that all of a sudden I couldn't digest my food. Like I remember I was eating really healthy, fairly healthy at the time. I started to, you know, I was eating vegetarian. And so I would have, you know, a bowl of oatmeal for breakfast. And when I would eat that oatmeal, I remember just feeling so awful, like full and bloated and burpy and um, just sick. And that sort of progressed to the, to the point where I felt like I was cutting out all these foods because I felt like my body just couldn't break anything down anymore. And so I was eating very light, light foods, very easy to digest. And I was sort of just figuring this out on my own at the time. I just, I tended to do that. I tended to go to food to help, you know, use as my medicine. And, um, but that's a problem in a way too, because when you start restricting yourself of all these foods, you're, you're, you become nutrient deficient. And so, uh, which is a whole other <laughs> podcast, but, um, but yeah, so the symptoms are really weird. It's, so it's a very, it's a very common issue, but we, we don't often hear about it. So mm. it's bacteria. Yeah. Yeah. My, my symptoms or this, this journey to discovering what was, you know, going on for me, it started with um, like changes in bowel okay. function. Yeah. And then, um, then at one point I was, you know, at a meeting and all of a sudden I had this like overwhelming sense of nausea oh, Okay. that I was like, what is happening here? I, I legit at like one point when I had this like random flare, uh, like this random showing up of nausea, like went and actually did like a pregnancy test. Cause I was like, where is oh. this come? Cause you don't feel sick. It's just literally, you're just standing there one moment. Yeah. And then you just feel really nauseous. I was like, what is going on? And then it started to progress into, um, if I wasn't eating frequently enough, the sensation of hunger was replaced with this squeezing. It literally felt like somebody had put their hand into my stomach and started squeezing it. Like there were times in the day where I had to take my bra and lift it up off my chest wow. because it was literally squeezing so hard. Um, and certainly I was craving a lot of sugar because, well, it likes it. Um, and so I would notice that if I ate a little, if I ate sugar, it would settle it down, but then it would come back raging, you know, the next time I got hungry. Um, and so it just kept spiraling and then it spiraled into that feeling of fullness, like to the point where like it got so bad that if I ate food, I almost immediately had to bring it back up to be able to eat again. Like there just wasn't any space left that yeah. it was when it hit that point. Yeah. Um, Cause I had known by then, like we did blood work and, you know, I tested positive and I said, okay, well, you know what, let me try with some food. But it, the moment it was like, I couldn't eat. That's when I went for the antibiotic treatment. Okay. Yeah. Um, but those were my sensations. So it, it was progressive. It started mild and then it started, you know, new symptoms started showing up and then it just exploded into a point where it was like, this has gone beyond my ability to cope with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and I think sometimes we can get frustrated when we have all these symptoms. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I've learned to look at this stuff as a gift uh, because it's a message from your body saying like, do something. And there are so many people living with it that have no idea. 
and and you want to know, right? You want to know so that you can put put a plan in place because you know you don't want to have this bacteria long term. There can be some negative you know things that come of it. So um, so although it's super frustrating in a way, it's kind of a gift that you you've experienced all of those symptoms, don't you think? Yeah, I, oh. I kind of feel that way. Yeah. Yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, we, we, I mean, I've sat, you know, my doctor's pretty um, open, you know, we're open when we have our discussions. Um, and he's like, well, you know, we do need to address it because it could lead to ulcers, right? And then potentially could have some connection to cancer. So, I mean, obviously, like when your system's out of place right. and out of whack, like you have a bacteria that is doubling constantly. The more you feed it. I mean, logically, yeah, yeah, of course, that's something that would be a risk factor. So, um, but it certainly created a situation that forced me, like you said, to look at, okay, things need to change. And like, thank you for letting me know now. Like, thank you for being that early warning system. Yeah. um, As unpleasant as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it keeps, it, it's certainly keeping me in line because if I, you know, if I step out yeah. a little, it lets me know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It takes time. Yeah. It takes time to get that balance back. So, um, how, okay. So question, how does this bacteria get there? Like, is it already, is it already part of our like my, uh, gut microbiome? Like is this already present? Not necessarily. Okay. It, um, it's, it spreads really easily. And it is definitely more common in communities that live in close quarters and are less clean. Um, but the, the thing is, it can spread so easily. It can spread through saliva, um, vomit, feces. And so if you just even think about that, like if someone at the restaurant has it and they don't wash their hands well and they touch the salad that you are then eating you can you can get it um i am convinced i got mine when i was traveling so i was traveling a lot we went to like thailand and we did all these like hill tribe treks and things where things were not sanitary sanitary and i thought maybe that's where i picked it up but um it does tend to run in families and often it is because it spreads so easily too like you could kiss someone and it spreads or you could use the same fork as someone and it spreads it's a bacteria and it's just really easy to pick up so it's not everyone has it but um a lot of people do just because of that that simple Mm -hmm. spread And, and you know in most cases i mean certainly our bodies have learned how to live symbiotically within balance of you know we have we have back bacteria in our intestines it's just they're kept in check that's right by other bacteria and of course our lifestyle factors right so the moment you start living outside of alignment that's right yeah, and that's a great point because out of those, you know, 66% that they've detected of people that have it, most people are just fine and they're going to do fine because of that because maybe they have low stress and they're sort of managing managing just fine. Their immune system's strong and it's sort of keeping things, you know, in alignment, whereas some people might just have, you know, just a little too many factors that are causing it to build even more in the body and go out of balance and then and become a problem. So. Yes, there's so many different factors um, that play into that, absolutely. And stress being one of them. And so, yeah, there was a, for a long time, it was linked to ulcers. I think people may, may have heard of this fact, but 
people used to think, um, well, ulcers were from stress, right? Yes. Um, and they figured out now that the majority of ulcers, I believe it's like 80% of stomach ulcers are linked to H. pylori and 90% of um, the duodenal ones, like the upper intestine ulcers yeah. are linked to H. pylori. Um, so, but it's, but it's all linked, the stress, the bacteria, and the ulcers, they're all connected, right? It was just, yeah, they just didn't know specifically what, where that stress was coming from. But I mean, if you've got H. pylori, you've probably got an underlying stress, like we talked. Oh yeah, well, we know that that impacts the immune system and digestion and all of those things. Complex, yeah. Mm -hmm. So the typical medical treatment approach, is antibiotics and, and and they call it triple therapy yeah it's they they call it triple therapy because they're generally giving you three things they give you two really strong antibiotics um different different strains and they give you um, an antacid drug yes uh so that's typically the protocol super hard on your system like it's very heavy and um and but but it's interesting it's that definitely is the conventional treatment i believe most doctors are are still doing that yeah um, but there was a recent study saying that it, it is actually less effective than than some other natural approaches to to addressing this bacteria now and and it's it, it becomes a concern as well because of our um resist our antibiotics are becoming resistant to this type of bacteria because it is so common, right? So the more we throw these antibiotics at this, this particular bacteria, the stronger this bacteria is getting and it continues to spread. And it's just really, really hard to kill. So we've got to get really creative in our approach to, to killing this and getting rid of this, eradicating this bacteria. Yeah. So it is possible. Oh, absolutely. I don't have it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and I've had a couple of situations where I thought it was recurring because I got all those feelings. Like I also would get like a ticklish stomach um, when it was sort of low. And, um, but you can get retested, but you have to get retested differently because generally what they do to test whether you have it is they do a blood test. Did you get the blood test? I did, but I have antibodies. So I will always test positive. Yeah. So that doesn't help me at all. No. And so the second way I had to get retested again, what they'll do is you'll go to the hospital and they do a breath test. So they can detect whether or not it is there. And we at our clinic can also see um, H. pylori in your blood using live blood analysis as well. So that's also another easy way to check to see if you have an issue with H. pylori. But um, but yeah, it it can recur. I believe it's a 20% recurrence rate for people who have it. It might come back. Uh, But there's easy things to do to sort of get back. Like once you've had it once, you kind of, you learn some things and then you know what to do next time. So yeah. There's, there's a lot you can do. Okay. Let's, let's talk about a couple of those things, right? So there's the antibiotic treatment, um, which, you know, I personally went through and I, and I can say, God, those antibiotics were nasty. They tasted nasty. They made you feel nasty. I mean, they worked. Yes. Right. They did work for about six months. Okay. 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 Now I didn't rush off to the physician to, to do a retest because again, um, he, he said my blood work would always show positive anyways. Um, so he said I could, that the other way to test would be to do an endoscopy. And I'm not really keen on having a camera shoved down my throat just to see. Um, 
certainly the live blood analysis sounds like a much nicer <laughs> and the breath test. Um, and it could have just been a flare um, due to the amazing amount of stress going on right now um, and maybe completely, you know, something else. Yeah. Right. Um, so what, you know, what happens when that approach, I mean, cause I'm not going to do the antibiotics again. Like that's, they're horrible. Yeah. And there's, well, why don't we talk about the antibiotics? Yeah. First? So there are definitely some natural approaches that can yep. have an antibiotic effect on the body. Um, one of those being oregano essential oil. Um, so that's a very powerful, I think a lot of people have heard of oil of oregano on the store shelves. Uh, because it is sort of works as an antiviral, antibacterial, antiparasitic. And so it can be very effective in eradicating um, bacteria. Uh, so oil of oregano, there is one, um, one approach that is, is used. Like there's so many different approaches, but yeah. in one approach they found amazing, incredible results when they used um, oil of oregano, mastic gum, and an antacid, like, a, like just a conventional antacid. And that, and that worked well, but there are definitely other things you can do. So, um, another really great antiviral antibacteria is uh, garlic. So garlic can be quite effective in killing the bacteria. Um, but while you're killing the bacteria, you all, you also want to pay attention to your gut health, right? Cause we know we want to have more good guys, more of the good bacteria in there to counteract the bad bacteria. And so taking a really good, um, probiotic is helpful. Um, there are definitely some strains that work better. So you don't want to just grab whatever probiotic off the shelf. It's important to work with a healthcare um, provider who's like knowledgeable in this area. So give you the right strains yes. of probiotics to populate your gut with. Um, but making sure that you take a probiotic as well. And, and then there's things you can do just through taking some additional supplements. So I love broccoli um, sprouts. So broccoli sprouts are incredible. H. pylori. I don't know if you've stumbled across that yet, but they are very high in sulfur. And mm -hmm. sulfur can be, be very effective when it comes to this bacteria. And so there are some studies that show taking uh, bro broccoli sprouts for, I believe it was seven days. They studied it with seven days, actually had a significant reduction in H. pylori. Mm. So that's uh, an effective way to approach it. And uh, yeah, it was, um, they found seven out of 10 people using broccoli sprouts along with probiotics um, reduce their H. pylori. So that's, that's significant. I thought that was pretty, pretty interesting. Um, green tea is mm -hmm. also great. And green tea, especially if you've had it once, it's, it's really good for prevention also. Uh, so it helps with keeping inflammation down, which is what we want in the stomach. We want to keep inflammation down. And, uh, but it can also happen. It also has antibacterial um, effects with the catechins yep. in it. and so it can be very effective for h pylori as well and um another um interesting herb that i stumbled across and this was newer to me was black seeds so uh black seed is it comes from the cumin seed but it's not okay. actually it's not actually cumin um, okay if you look it up black seed, you'll see what, you'll see what I mean, but it was, it had some really good results as well. And, and that works to reduce the acid level in your stomach. So you want to do that combined with some of the other natural approaches that I mentioned. And, um, 
what else? Propolis. So you, you might've heard of Manuka honey. Yes. I, I saw Manuka listed, um, as a, as a helpful. Mm-hmm. Yep. In moderation because it is sugar, but yep. you could put a little bit of Manuka honey, um, into green tea and yep. drink that if it's really bothering you. And, um, anything that sort of keeps the the stomach settles. Like I like apple cider vinegar. Like I used to find that very, that felt really good for me when mm-hmm. I had it, where I would just drink a teaspoon of apple cider vinegar in my, in my water every now and again. And I felt that that really calmed my stomach down because um, the stomach is inflamed. And so you want to try to bring that inflammation down and, and, and your acids are all over the place, right? So people think that your acid levels are high, but in fact, when you've had H. pylori for a long period of time, your stomach acids actually go low. And mm-hmm. so that, that's a problem when you start looking at that, you know, the way we approach um, H. pylori in the convention. Yeah because we're, we go to lower the stomach acids. But I mean, it's, it's a helpful that they do that because a lot of people are experiencing those uncomfortable symptoms of high stomach acid, heartburn, yeah, you know, a bit of burning, that, that bloating, that discomfort in the way that you were feeling, that squeezing could have been, could have been that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so apple cider vinegar is an interesting one for just sort of calming and rebalancing the enzymes in the stomach. Yeah, yeah. Um. Talk about foods to avoid. So sugar, yeah. Let's just throw that. That that's a very easy one. Yeah. Sugar, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I know it's kind of sad, isn't it? <laughs> um, but you know, monk fruit sweetener is great. I always like to talk about what you can do. Sometimes it's upsetting to hear what you can't do, but there's you know just shifts. You know, just make yeah. some changes with maybe stevia and sugar or monk fruit sweetener instead of sugar. Um, avoiding caffeinated veg- beverages is important as well. Um, and this was one that was interesting to me was carbonated. Um, carbonated beverages also can cause um, sort of your stomach acids to be a little bit uh, imbalanced. Oh. Yeah. Um, pickled foods. So regular vinegar, um, vinegar-based foods are, are uncomfortable. They're too acidic for the stomach. So they say to avoid those and spicy foods can also be uncomfortable when your digestion's already inflamed. You don't want to add like a whole bunch of fire to it with by eating spicy foods. So definitely try to keep those um, on hold for a while. And, um, and just as temporary, it's, it's going to go away at some point you have to live your life by this, but just trying to commit to this for, you know, for a short period of time until you can get things into balance is the way to go. And then keeping, so like fiber is really important. You want to keep high fiber, um, so avoiding low fiber grains is also um, ideal when it comes to pylori. Yeah. Um, what I found really helpful, um, which again, I don't know if it was a reflare or a stress, you know, stress related response to an area that's already more sensitive to, yeah. you know, let's say inflammation, but um because I started to get a little bit of that like um, uncomfortable feeling with the hunger. And that's what prompted me. I go, I'm starting. So it may not have been, but I just noticed that something changed that it wasn't just like a regular hunger sensation. So um, for that entire, so, you know, for the entire week, um, you know, I made sure that I almost, I was almost vegan that entire week. Like I made sure to prepare all of my like 
meals. So like my lunch was, you know, salad. My yeah. breakfast was, you know, um, either a green smoothie um, mm-hmm. or uh, oatmeal. And then, you know, my snacks were like cucumber and carrots and like any kind of vegetable or leafy green. And I just simply said to myself, you know what? You know what, bacteria? Just in case it's you, I'm going to feed you. But I ain't going to give you anything that you can actually live off of. Yes. (laughs) Right? Yeah. And that was basically my approach. So like dinner may or may not have included like a meat protein. And if I did, it was very, very small, but mostly like fish. Um, And then like just vegetables. I was just like, I'm just going to starve you. I'm going to feed you, but I'm going to starve you out. Right. Um, Just one week of doing that. Mm -hmm. Like it, it was like a reset button. Awesome. Yeah. You did all the right things. Yeah. That's fantastic. I mean, you, um, vegetables are key. They contain enzymes too, especially when you're eating them raw and, um, by getting more enzymes, it can be really helpful for your gut to be able to break down the bacteria as well. Because when you have low stomach acid, which is one of the side effects of having H pylori is that you can't digest heavy proteins, which is which is perfect that you cut animal um, protein out because it is hard to digest. And so if you're continuing to eat that way, it can be very difficult on your digestive system and create more stress and inflammation in the body. So taking a vegan approach or a vegetarian is uh, super smart. And then you're also getting more sulfur, right? We talked about the sulfur um, that you would get in the broccoli sprouts, but all the cruciferous vegetables are ones you want to focus on for sure because of the sulfur content. Okay. When you say cruciferous, um, I'm only going to ask you to list off a couple of those because people might not know what that is. Yeah. The the easiest ones to remember and the most mainstream ones that people eat are broccoli and cauliflower and cabbage. I would say those are probably the best. Um, If you can do fermented foods, sauerkraut is so great for um, adding to your diet as well to help build up the enzymes and your probiotics as well. So that can be really helpful. And um, kefir is also a great food to add because of the probiotic action that it has in your body. Um, and anything sort of like omega-3 rich, so wild-caught fish, which is what you were doing too, right? Wild-caught salmon, uh, flax seeds, chia seeds, which are abundant in a vegan diet. So those are, are great choices if you're suffering from, um, from this bacteria. Yeah. Uh, and berries, berries and, you know, the cruciferous, like I mentioned, and broccoli sprouts are, are great foods to focus on. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I was just, yeah, you know, <laughs> I was already doing those, you know, doing those yeah. things. And, and honestly, just um, it's hard because it was like, you know, well, when this was happening, I was working full time. Um, you know, you're, like you're, you're doing your all your day to day, but I just made the extra effort the night before to do all my lunch prep because that was the problem. You know, that's part of the problem when you're busy working and you don't prep your lunch, you're going to get hungry and then you're just going to eat what's convenient. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And so knowing that that's likely what I would do is probably go, you know, two stores down and grab a pizza, which is not a good option. Um, You know, I just made sure that for a period of time, that I focused in on eating as healthy as possible, you know, not necessarily vegan, but I 
you know, I like going through vegan recipes and things of that nature to give me options, right? I may still have that small piece of fish or, you know, whatever eggs and things of that nature. But, um, but just so I could make food, you know, also taste good too. Right. Other than just like, I'm going to eat this broccoli, you know? So I tried to keep it lively and change it up, but it was mainly vegetable, um, vegetable and seeds and berries based very, um, basically like no, no rice, no potato, sweet potato instead, or like squash. And then, um, you know, no quinoa, no pasta, no, none of that stuff. Yeah. And that's a really important point to, to point out there. I'm glad you, you shared that because I think some people, you know, a lot of people are jumping on this, you know, healthy eating plan of, you know, avoiding all grains. Um, but we need, or carbohydrates, I should say, um, but we need carbohydrates for energy, especially if you were still working, you still need those sweet potatoes, those squashes, and if you cut out all grains and, and all root veggies, you're going to feel yourself getting tired and we need to be able to get through this. Your body's fighting a bacteria. It needs all the support, nutrition and yep. the energy it can get. So really important to focus on that food, those foods as well. And uh, just to nourish, yeah, nourish the body. So. Absolutely. Um, Okay. So it's certainly great to hear that, um, you know, this, that like you can get rid of the bacteria because I, you know, part of my mind was like, what's, you know, is it just there just waiting for an opportunity or like, you know, what's sort of going on? So that makes me very happy to hear because then that makes me feel like, okay, you know, if I do these things that I need to do, that it's going to get me somewhere. Um, and the main thing for me is to avoid those antibiotics. Yeah. And, you know, doing maybe a week of oregano oil could be an option for you. And, um, and I would say sometimes when it gets really bad, it, it's never a bad idea to add a great um, digestive enzyme to your daily routine, especially for your bigger meals. If you know that you are going out and you're going to eat a bigger meal, maybe you weren't prepared um, to support your digestive process with, with an enzyme good quality enzyme. That's very helpful. Cause I mean, sometimes you're going to cheat and if you're going to cheat, well, you might as well like set yourself up at least. Yeah. In a better we're all, way. We're all human. And I, I'm a really, I'm, I'm a big fan of that. I don't love extreme programs because yeah. it's, it, it sets people up for failure and you know, it's, it's hard and you're already stressed and you're already not feeling great. And you don't want people to feel guilty because they haven't been like hundred percent strict on this diet. So I always like to offer options and you know, the, what it, you know, if you happen to then do this, like don't beat yourself up over it because again, you want to keep stress low, um, to get you healthy yeah. faster. Mm-hmm. And, and I certainly feel, you know, if I, if it wasn't for having access to some very knowledgeable, uh, you know, colleagues, um, in the health industry nearby, you know, I, I feel very blessed and lucky that I, you know, am able to talk with people about what I need to do. But, you know, um, having said that, I think it's important first and foremost for people to, to look into, to see like, is this what you're dealing with, um, from healthcare providers who are able to, 
you know, help you diagnose um, and then work with people who know what need, what you need to do. Because, you know, if you're saying enzyme, taking enzymes, taking probiotics, you know, if you're taking um, other supplements to support, like you need to first and foremost, know the good quality supplements. You need to know dosing. Um, and those things can only come from healthcare professionals, right? This, this is why I do, I do advocate for people to, um, do as much as they can on their own. Absolutely. But I also advocate for people to get help for, for more complex issues. And this is one of those things, like it's complex, even, you know, heartburn is complex. It's something that, um, that sometimes you need a little help with, um, figuring out and you'll save a lot more time and money that. Absolutely. Versus just trying to, you know, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you could read the latest blog and I could, you know, I could give you a protocol and say, go to this website, but it might not work for you because we're all so unique and different. And um, so, yeah, you just want to be careful about which approach you're taking and, and how yeah. to deal. With it. Yeah. I think the, mo- you know, I think, you know, if anything, um, you know, just learning the types of foods to eat and not eat. And I mean, this is just generally for overall health stuff anyways, right? But when you yeah. start getting into, you know, ingesting other things, um, you know, I think, you know, here, here's the disclaimer, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta seek advice on that because you don't want to over be dosing something and underdosing. Otherwise, you know, you're wasting time and um, money, like you said. So, um, is there anything else that you want to say about this? Well, I, I think probably the most important thing is that, um, maybe just going to the symptoms again, because I think that it's really confusing for people. And I know so many people who suffer with things, not realizing that they might have an underlying overgrowth of, of H. pylori. And I think that it's really important to know. And so I think for anyone who is experiencing heartburn, um, maybe any sort of digestive issues that are just really not correcting, um, like outside of what we shared, if you're feeling like nausea all the time, or if you're having a bit of cramping, or um, maybe you don't feel like eating as much, loss of appetite is a big one. Um, Some of the more serious ones are, you know, you might even start feeling a a high level of fatigue um, and your, your breath changes actually you have bad breath chronically um, and that could be a sign of having an h pyloric overgrowth um, and then kind of like down the road one of the heart what is ulcers right having that that pain in your stomach and and having it be diagnosed as an ulcer and just making sure that you're requesting you're asking your doctor to do some testing get tested figure it out get the answers just know um, because when you have that information you, you can know your next steps instead yep. of just trying to guess at things, um, but, you, but don't ignore it. So that's, I guess what I'm saying is yeah. don't ignore that heartburn and keep taking that, that acid lowering drug because it is a problem in our world. Like people, acid lowering drugs were only ever supposed to be prescribed for six week period. I have had clients that have been on acid lowering club, uh, drugs for 20 years, 30 years. And, um, and that's, that's kind of scary uh, because it's, they weren't designed for that, right? They're not designed. They're a temporary fix. And so you want to kind of, again, it's all about getting to the root cause of what's going on. And you're just going to, you'll feel so much better. You'll feel, you'll have the energy back. You'll have better moods. You'll, um, you'll be able to digest. And I think people have just sort of forgotten what digestion feels like. A lot of people. What, what good digestion feels like. Absolutely. And, and of course, you know, 
having this underlying problem can cascade into other negative health consequences, right? Because if you're tired, then you're not going to exercise. If you don't exercise, then you have the health consequences of that. If your diet's not on par, well, you're creating more inflammation. Your immune system's busy with one thing. It's not going to be busy doing something else, right? Like, so then there's so many cascading negative health consequences, I think, when you don't address the issue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. And I think are so different. So it's just, you know, if anything's not sitting right, then get it checked. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so having said that, um, obviously, you know, live blood cell analysis is something that you guys do at your clinic. And of course there are, you know, you're talking about diet and, and, you know, what can be done. So if people are, interested in learning more or want to seek a little bit of specific advice, you know, where, where can people find you? Sure. Um, our website, Balance Point Health Center. So it's actually balancepointhc.com. You can go there. Um, I do a lot of my own communications through Instagram as well at Linda underscore Lukovic. So I do a lot of education there and our, also our Balance Point Instagram account. Also, we do some education there. So you can definitely find us um, in either of those two places, and that's probably the best place to go. And um, yeah, and we'd be happy to help. Excellent. And of course, we'll we'll put links in the show notes so that it's easy access for people. If you're like, I don't know how to spell, you know, <laughs> these things. Don't worry. Yeah. Go to the show notes. It'll be easy to click and um, be, you know. Uh, brought in contact with uh, with Linda. I want to thank you so much for taking time to share your knowledge on on this particular topic. Um, I think you've given people. I, th- I hope that we've given people a very baseline, you know, um, information to hopefully make some better dietary, you know, choices, and then you know, seek out care for other health choices. You know. Um, So thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. And of course, we always want to thank our listeners for joining in on the conversation. Uh, Be sure to subscribe. This way you'll get all the latest and greatest uh, podcast episodes as they are released. And, you know, share it with your friends because, hey, somebody might be having an issue and maybe this might be part of it. So sharing this out um, helps people ask better questions of their healthcare providers and helps them seek out the care that they need. And uh, on that note, I say bye for now and until next episode, take care. Thank you for listening to Living a Better Life podcast. Make sure to subscribe to our show to stay up to date with our latest and greatest episodes. We would also love to hear your comments, suggestions, and reviews. Thanks again. Until the next episode. Bye for now.